0: Uh, Last week I talked about how we were going to talk about God and His transcendence. We're going to talk about God's eminence today. And we're going to dive into, because it's so important today, guys, that we understand who God is, because when we discover who God is, we begin to discover who we are and our true identity. And we literally become changed by what we behold if you will behold him if you will see him for who he really is and you will if you will seek to find out more about your beautiful god it will literally transform your life and it it, it is the power by which we come to know him. And so we've been talking about the fear of the Lord and and really wanting to mature and grow the fear of the Lord. I mean, Proverbs Proverbs does say that you can grow in the fear of the Lord. And so these this me, these messages that we've been going over is that of learning and growing in the fear of the lord and part of the fear of the lord is discovering who he is in his awesomeness and his splendor so that we can reverence him we can be awed by him and really that's ultimately what worship is all about is being awed by our our almighty god amen and so we're going to dive into if you have your bibles or your phones for those who are not senior citizens as tom would put it um, if you want to turn in your Bibles today to to Matthew, we're going to start diving into this, and hopefully we get somewhere today. And uh, we're going to start looking at uh, what God is looking for for us to know. And so, thank you, God, for blessing your word. So Ma- Matthew 16 is where we're going to start, and we're going to dive into this this passage and discover some things. So in Matthew 16. Um, Jesus has been going throughout the region and um, he's been teaching his disciples a lot. And he's been talking about himself, he's been talking about the Father, and he has been teaching for a long time to these guys, and these guys are starting to get it. And in Matthew 16, I made reference briefly to it last week, and so we're going to read this passage. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is, question mark? And the disciples replied, and they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, and others say that you're Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus says this question. He he then personalized it. Okay, guys, I get what they're saying I am, but... Who do you say that I am? What about you? He personalizes. And Peter gets some of this powerful thing, and he asks this, but he says, Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah. You are the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not, everybody say that, revealed to you by flesh and blood but my father in heaven and so G- jesus is complimenting peter peter is getting something from the father about a revelation about who jesus was and that revelation that peter received made peter an amazing bold uh man of god it literally changed who peter was and the others in the community the the scribes the Pharisees the other people were saying that Jesus was just a man some say that you're John the Baptist a man some say that you're Elijah and some say you're Jeremiah so you've you've reincarnated Uh, These dead men that you that that used to be you're now Reincarnated and you're now Elijah back in form again. You're now Jeremiah coming back again. You're you're a man But but Peter saw something and Peter had a revelation of the glory of Christ and he said you're not a man What I see that you are you are the Messiah you are the anointed one You are from god you are the son of god and so peter was seeing deity peter was seeing that he was the son of god he was seeing that jesus was divine that jesus was supernatural he was not a man he was not of this earth he was a he was deity he was god he was the son of god and so we're going to bounce from this and because it's so important how peter saw jesus transformed who peter was and that's what we want to be we want to become transformed and that revelation that was unveiled to peter was this there was a transforming and a changing of peter because peter saw an unveiling going on of who jesus was and as peter was getting this unveiling this revelation of that he was not a man Basically, what Peter was seeing is wow, Jesus, you are not like us. You are not a man, is really what I want to say today and where we're going to go. God is not a man. Everybody say that with me. He is not like us. Say that with me. He is not like us. Matter of fact, one of the scriptures says, God is not a man that he should lie. and so today we are going to go on a journey of he's not like us peter was seeing that god that jesus was transcendent he was the messiah he was the savior he was deity he was supernatural he was not of this world though he was the son of man he was the son of god amen Amen. and so he is not a man and so one of the things that where are I, I, I just, and I hope I can articulate this today well. We are created in the image of God, but God is not like us. And what we do as Christians, what we do as, as mankind, is we make God small. We try to make God like us, rather than making us like Him okay and so we assume god takes on our nature and we think he thinks like us and that he does things like us but he is not man he is not like you he doesn't think like you the things he he is he is he is transcendent he is beyond you and me he is much much bigger can i have an amen on that And I'm going to try to begin to unpack that today as best as I can. Because Peter saw something, and he saw God to be bigger above. He saw God not to be a man. He saw God to be something that was being unveiled, and it changed Peter. Did Peter still have trials? Yes. Was Peter still flogged? Yes. Was Peter still crucified upside down? Yes. Was he still persecuted? Absolutely. He went through crazy, crazy trials in this life. But because he saw Jesus for who he really was, none of that mattered compared to the transcendent presence of who he who Christ was and who God is. And so it changed Peter and it gave Peter the power to go through crazy trials, crazy trials with a smile on his face. He was able to go through crazy floggings and beatings and being crucified upside down and not having his panties in a wad. That's not good English, I realize, from the pulpit. For those listening on Facebook, blame Eric's wife. I throw you under the bus. Peter magnified God and made him bigger than his problems. Can I have an amen on that? Because he saw his transcendence, he saw his bigness, he saw who he really was, and it changed Peter, and it it made him a different man. And so he no longer saw Jesus Christ now after the flesh as men in, in Matthew 16 saw him. They saw him as a man. Peter was beginning to get this download of who Christ was his very character, and his very nature. And Father, that's our desire today, is to see your nature and to see your glory for who you really are. So we're on this journey of the fear of the Lord. We're on this journey to discover Jesus, the Son, to discover God, the Father, to to have an unveiling done in our hearts of who he is and the beauty of his glory, his transcendence, his eminence, his power, his everlastingness, his his undescribable, unfathomable uh, words. We're going to try to, to we're going to try to use words to describe to describe God who is undescribable. We're going to try to use words today about the unsearchableness of our God, and words will not be enough. But God is going to have light bulbs coming on your heart as we seek to know God and we seek to get a revelation and Capture who he really is today And so today we're gonna be like Moses. We're gonna be like Moses who cried out show me your glory Isn't that beautiful That's the song we sang today Show me your glory. That's what we're asking today. So would you close your eyes? And would you just say God show me your glory today? Keep your eyes closed and say God give me a revelation Give me a revelation of your beauty. Give me a revelation of your transcendence. Give me a revelation of your eminence today by the power of your word. So, Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Now, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of Exodus chapter 33, but I would in your spare time, I I would go read Exodus 32, 33, and 34. It's a beautiful picture of Moses discovering the beauty of his God. It even talks about how Moses was a friend to God and talked to God face to face as a friend. I don't know about you I want that kind of relationship with my God. Anybody else? And so this is what Moses said in Exodus 33, 13. He said show me your glory and he says teach me your ways so that I may know you so and, and the language in the hebrew language it in, in the in the king james does us so much better than the niv but the king james says i beseech you show me your glory and that word beseech is much much stronger it's almost a demanding it's almost no i've got to know you i've got to know you for who you are and so and moses so <laughs> moses wasn't just saying Oh, kumbaya, Lord, show me your glory. No, there was this aggressiveness that Moses had inside of him where he's saying, no, no, God, I want, I got to see your glory. God, no, teach me your ways so that I may know you. And so if you, if you understand God's ways, you can understand who he is because his ways describe who he is. And so if I learn I mean I can learn God's ways when it comes to finances I can learn God's ways when it comes to money. I can learn God's ways when it comes to marriage I can learn God's ways on any area of my life if I have lack if I have shortfall if I have a problem in my life I can learn God's ways in relationships There is a way God has that he wants to do it and when I learn his ways I learn him When I learn that he wants a tenth of my income, he doesn't do that to make it painful for me. He does that to show ownership. And there's something about him that we discover about giving when I learn his ways. You see what I'm saying? I've got to learn his ways. If I learn his ways, I will know you. So Moses said, I want to see your glory. Teach me your ways so that I might know you. Everybody say I want to know you God. I want to to keep you engaged today in knowing God And so in the next passage, this is how God responds to this cry from Moses's heart So let's paint the picture God says you can't see my face and live So I'm gonna put you in the cleft of the rock and I'm gonna hide you and when my glory passes by you I'll put my hand in front and you'll see my backside because to see the face of God, you would die. Because man in his, in his current form cannot, cannot behold all the beauty and the glory of God. And so this is how God responds in Exodus 34, verse 6. This is God's response. The Lord, the Lord. The compassionate and gracious God. Slow to anger abounding in love and faithfulness maintaining love to thousands and forgiving. Oops. I messed up wickedness Wow, I didn't get my typo in there w- wickedness. He's forgiving wickedness. Did you know that? Rebellion and sin ouch so I want to I want to zero in on something that God is doing right off the bat and You can breeze right by this when you're reading the scriptures And I have done that so many times, but it's the very, the thing I have in bold. God begins to express his transcendence right off the bat when he says, the Lord, the Lord. Now, when you say the, what does that mean? What designation am I doing? He is the Lord. He is, the buck stops here he's the top dog he is the Lord and so I want to break down this word Lord with you for a moment to begin to dive into the transcendence of God to begin to discover who God is in his power and his majesty so he is the Lord the Lord and he goes into his nature he talks about his attributes again if I teach me your way so that I might know you he begins to tell Moses who he is this compassionate and, and there's a lot more God says about himself because he also talks about punishing sin. And that, that's on down in that, that that passage. So the Lord. The word Lord here is the word Yahweh. Everybody say Yahweh with me today. Yahweh. God is Yahweh. That's the Hebrew word Yahweh. And it is this word, the Lord. And God uses this word and term for, about himself. In the beginning it says, and the Lord God made. Yahweh made man in his own image. Yahweh, I mean, it's, it's constantly, he refers to himself as Yahweh. And so the word Yahweh, or Yah, uh, we'll put it up here, is, as you can see, Yahweh. They drop the vowels, Yah. And so, literally, to the Hebrew, the word Yahweh was so holy; it was so set apart that they didn't even want to speak the name because his name was so holy. So they even they just said Yah, as they referred to God. And but the word Yah, meaning "I am the Lord," the Lord Yahweh is built on the word "I am." Everybody say "I am." It means "I am." I am the Most High God. You know, when you look at the word most high God there, high designates a place, a place of transcendence, that he is not below, he is not like man, he is above man, he is above everything, he is the most high God, referring to transcendence, okay? The word transcendence means to be higher than, okay? A place of transcendence, high above all others, ruler of all, authority over all, supernatural above all. Everybody say above all. God is above all. God is above all. When Rachel was reading what she read on what she got during worship, did you know what she said? She said, we are owned by you. Did you hear that? That being owned by you places him in a place of higher transcendence than you. You do not own yourself. You do not belong to yourself. Your life is not your own. Can I have an amen on that? You're owned by someone. His name is Yahweh. Can I have an amen on that? It also means supernatural being. So in supernatural means he is in and of himself. God is in and of himself there is nothing else. There is no need that God has He is above everything can I have an amen? He is self-sustaining He is self-sufficient with all power to affect the course of this earth. God is above this earth even in 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 uh, in Isaiah it talks about how God his throne is in heaven And the earth is his footstool it even has another passage in Isaiah where it talks about he sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and the earth is his footstool again it's talking about his his transcendence his his larger than life he's bigger than you he is not a man he is supernatural he is deity he is he is the I am he is the most high God that is who he is, his transcendence. Mm, God, help me with this in the name of Jesus. So God is talking about his transcendence here when he says, the Lord, the Lord. He is saying, I am, I am the most high God. There is no one higher than me. There is no, now ponder that. There is no one higher than him there is no one who transcends to his place he is the most high transcendent god he is the most high god so transcendence literally means to exist above and independent from all others now, why is this important? Why is it important that we put God in his rightful place? We discover and put him where he is. He exists above and independent from all others, to rise above all, to surpass all, to succeed all, to be all-sufficient in oneself, all-powerful, all-knowing. Do you guys like those all? He is upheld by himself and himself alone. There is no one like the Lord Now why is that important for us to understand that? Because our goal as God's people is to surrender to the lordship of Jehovah to be as believers we are saying we belong to you We yield to your supremacy. How many of us have told God how he should answer our prayers? how many of us through the trials that we go through we have a way that seems right unto a man but in the end it leads to death we have a way that we would like god to do everything for us if you, you, you come on you, you i ain't the only one out there that does that I mean, we we are man and 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 Just like every other man in this world, we think the world revolves around us. But my friends, the world revolves around Him. And the world exists because of Him. And the earth is sustained because of Him. And you breathe today because of Him. You are alive in this room and privileged to live on this planet Earth right now in this, what we call Newcastle, an amazing city, or Muncie, or this region. You live here because of him. I was born in Newcastle, Indiana for a purpose and a reason, just like you, wherever you were born. And you were put here by him. And he is independent of you. I hate to tell you this he don't even need you Because God has no need he is transcendent. He is upheld by himself alone He doesn't need my worship. My worship is for me. It's not for you or it's not for him Your worship your adoration your exaltation. It does bring him glory It does bring a fragrant and it blesses his heart. It does bring pleasure to him, but he has no need because why? He's self-sufficient. He's all-sustaining. He is transcendent. He is above everything. I'm spitting all over the place. <laughs> he's the most high God. He's the all-sufficient one. Transcendent means he's all-powerful one. Hebrews 1 1.3 actually says, all things are upheld by his mighty power. Yet, he is upheld By no one but himself. The whole universe exists in him and for him. So that he may receive the glory, honor, and praise. So, transcendence again. Really means he exists above and independent from all others. He rises above all others. He is the most high God. And we don't have a revelation of that to the degree that we need to have a revelation of it And the reason I know we don't have a revelation of it And I don't have the revelation to the degree I need Is because our worlds revolve around us And so i'm praying that god through his word today would begin to give us a revelation of His transcendence, of His highness, of His glory. And I, 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 I even am struggling because words cannot even sufficiently express even His transcendence. Even words that I speak are not enough. To describe our God he is amazing he is high and lifted up his train that word his train fills the temple means that his glory keeps coming And it keeps coming and it keeps coming his glory keeps coming and it keeps coming and it continues to fill the temple of his presence what means is when you get there you'll continue to see the glory of your god you'll continue because he's unsearchable there's so much more to him than what your mind can even conceive in this place and so what i find is i've been studying this i'm going I know your word and I know what your word says, but your ways are so much higher than mine. I I I I don't know what I don't know. There's more to discover about God than what I currently know. My piece, my thumble, my little piece of what I know about God is small and it needs to be enlarged. And the and the way that I, I It's just amazing how God works because as I I begin to see him for who he is and I get a I get a revelation I can't stay there because once I get there and I realize how beautiful and amazing he is and his transcendence Then I go wow and then there's more to discover and then there's another place to go with God It's like oh wow. I I I didn't know that's the way you were Am I making any sense? And so first Chronicles really sets it really well. First Chronicles 29:11 says, "Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty." Look at those words. Those words are trying to describe something, guys. God, yours, O Lord, you, the Lord, is you, you are the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above above above, above what? Above all. above all. Transcendence. Again, the prophet is declaring, you are head above all. You are head above all. Your transcendence. Remember that old Amy Grant song? Uh, oh no, that was Aunt, not Amy Grant. It was uh, Sandy Patty. Oh Lord, oh, Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Amy made the one now. I'm really starting to talk old Tom. You're really boy. I am retired I better just go back to the text. We might not go there. I might make Tom manifest I cut my teeth on that stuff And there's more and even worship music is going from glory to glory worship music is changing it, as we behold the beauty of God even songs begin to change and songs begin to enlighten and they begin to describe our God in a different way than they did of old amen there praise God bail myself out right Tom so I was trying to think of an object lesson I was like Lord God help me to how am I going to describe your transcendence and I don't have anything profound today It literally is simple, but yet it's majestic. It's it's transcendence again is you are here and we are here. He transcends high above all things. All things. And it's not that we're worms. And he's almighty and great. It's it's a place of his authority. It's a place of who he is. It's his stature, his nature, his glory. He is above all things. The heavens are your throne and the earth the footstool. So here's another passage that we'll go into. um, Out of Isaiah 55. Talking about the transcendence of God. He says, my thoughts are completely different from yours, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. (laughs) For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Everybody read that again. Take a look at that. God says, my thoughts are completely different than yours. (laughs) And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. They're transcendent. They're far above. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Again, back to what I said earlier, God is not a man and we don't think like he does. Now, we are in that journey. To discover him and to think like him. Our mind gets renewed so that we begin to think like God and our mind gets renewed through the washing of God's word as we discover his ways. Our mind gets renewed to become like his, not to get God's mind like mine, right, right, right? So there's a process of transformation that we're going through, but his ways are much higher than ours even if we don't understand the outcome of what we're going through. Everyone in this room you have a situation in your life if it's not current. It's past Where you thank God where in the world are you? Why are you not intervening why are you not? Anybody been there? Right now we're in the middle of that you could be right in the middle of a battle and What I say? is god is good god is good you have to have a mystery box you have to have a mystery box in your life where you throw all the stuff that you don't understand in and you go i trust god you have to put it in that mystery box and go I know the character of my God he is transcendent he is good all the time he is high and lifted up he does no wrong he is self-sustaining he is all sufficient and I can trust him I can know that whatever battle I go through I will overcome and I will get victory if I stay on him If I stay on his transcendence and I stay on that he is here and I am here and I am your subject, I am owned by you, you are the one in control, I yield to you, I submit all of my life to your ownership because you are the surpassing one. You are the high and lifted one. You are God Almighty and I am your son and your daughter. The place of authority, he is here and I am subject to him. Can I have an amen on that? You do not manipulate God to get what you want. He knows what you need. Amen. He knows where you're at. And he does care. Amen. But you have to have a mystery box. So again, what does it mean that God is transcendent? He exists above and independent from you, above creation, or any and every other thing. He is above all, all powerful, all authority. He is I am. He is the most high. Being too so high, being transcendent. Here's where I want to I dive a little bit without getting without being not theologically correct. Because we're gonna talk about not only his transcendence, but we're also gonna talk about his eminence. And when I talk about his transcendence, I've also got to talk about his eminence. And we're gonna explain what that is here shortly. But part of his transcendence is this is God is unknowable. And you might go, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what the word says. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He is noble. Yes, he is noble. And and he and, and that's part of his eminence. But you've got to know his transcendence, and you've got to also know his character as eminence as well. Transcendence means he's far above what you can comprehend and you can understand. Now, we'll get to the eminence part that brings that truth into we can, he can be discovered. But we've got to understand that God is unsearchable and unknowable. There is so much more to him than what we understand. Because if you don't get and put God in his transcendence, if you don't put him where he belongs, you will quickly become the transcendent one. You will quickly become the one who knows what is right. And I have seen people who think they know the right way to do it, but in the end it doesn't bring the right thing. And what ends up happening is they've made God to be in their own image and to create Him in their image so that they get what they want. But it's actually you yourself because you've not kept God in His rightful place, in His place of authority, in His transcendent, far above what you ever think or imagine. And He is unknowable to this. There is a paradox that we're going to talk about. Because he's unknowable, unsearchable, but yet he seeks to be known. And that's the paradox that we're going to talk about between his transcendence and his eminence. And I know these are big words that we don't even use in our culture. How many times, oh yeah, we're going to the grocery store. Hey, yeah, we talk about the transcendence of God today. You know, I still have to spell new covenant worship center to people. Covenant, how do you spell Covenant. Not words that we're using in our culture these days. Haven't talked about the transcendence of God lately, have you, Mike, at the grocery store? Hey, hey, how about the eminence of God? Yeah, yeah, Cinder, tell me about the eminence of God. Uh, what is eminence? They're, sh- they're huge theological terms that have great consequences to the believer. Being transcendent, God is the incomprehensible creator existing outside of tight space and time, and thus he is unknowable and unsearchable. And it's not your, you can't even by the act of your will understand God. It has to be revealed. It has to be revealed by Spirit, by Holy Spirit, just like it was to Peter. Peter did not have a revelation of who Christ was until God spoke to him. And told him who he was. It has to be revealed. And so it's not about the act of your will where I'm going to go home and I'm going to study real hard. And I'm going to uh, transcendence of God. But by prayer and supplication, God makes himself revealed. So where am I going with this? Our own reasoning, we cannot possibly understand God to the completeness of who he is. He is so much bigger. God, but yet God wants us to personally seek to know him. And, I, it, and so preeminence is he's far above and there is some theology and there are some Christian uh, beliefs that believe and have taken the fact that God is unsearchable and unknowing that literally God cannot be spoken to that God cannot be discerned, that he cannot be even, he is not approachable and you should not approach him. They've taken his preeminence too far and they don't understand his eminence because the word eminence means nearness. The word eminence means that God in his preeminence is far above you and unapproachable, but yet in his eminence he he chooses to be brought brought close to you. That is, he is his, his character and His nature is to He wants to be brought near to you. And so we have to have both. Can I have an amen on that? And so Romans 11, to, to go into the fact that God is unsearchable, it even says it in Romans. So you make sure that I'm not preaching or teaching unbiblical text. It's not advancing, guys. Romans, nope, that's way... We aren't even going to get that far today. Can you back up? Do I not have Romans on there? No wonder. Well, I will read it to you then, okay? You guys are under here, Romans eleven, thirty-three through 36. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him is the glory forever and ever. Paul is saying... What who can understand the depths and the riches of god the wisdom and the knowing of god who can search him? Who can know him who has ever counseled god? Hey, god, you need some spiritual counsel here? I don't think he's ever had an rtf session His ways are unsearchable and holy above all things but yet god in his transcendent nature He also wants to be revealed you know, another aspect of God's transcendent nature, and I am, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to land a little early. Maybe, God, you're wanting to do something more in your transcendence. You know the beginning from the end, Father. You are the most high. Where I was getting ready to go that also expresses God's transcendence is His righteousness and his holiness and how we need to discover God's righteousness and his holiness and who he is that puts him far above man.